Welcome to Glass Half Full Moon, where if we didn't try to get Charles banned on the Disney Channel, Full Moon features would go out of business. Casey, did you have yourself a good holiday? Um, I, I mean, there, okay. <laughs> there were too many people. We watched three terrible Krampus movies with the found on shelf dudes, which I still have not forgiven them for. I'm pretty sure I lost 10 IQ points from that, but I got myself a cute little snail nightlight. So you know what? I, I'd say overall it was a success. I got socks. <laughs> I got a rock. I got special diabetes socks. They're very comfortable. Ooh, diabetes socks. Speaking of um, holiday cheer, demon in a bottle. What? That's the best segue I could think of. <laughs> what what holiday does this have to do with? Uh, I don't know. Is there an Islamic holiday? It's that's rather there must be. I mean, there's there's Ramadan. It's Ramadan. This is a Ramadan movie. Sure. Um. So <sighs> so tonight we are discussing 1996's Demon in the Bottle and. You you were not mishearing in our little opening bit. This was supposed to be part of a series of films made as a joint deal between Charles Band and motherfucking Disney. This was supposed to be a full moon produced decom, and it did actually end up premiering on the Disney Channel. It did it actually. I looked I was looking online and I was like, is that I thought it was supposed to, but it never actually Spring did. Spring of 1996. Well, yeah, I was three years old, which explains why I have never heard of this. This is a very strange movie. For one, it is a it's it's it is a kid's movie. Ostensibly, it's a kid's movie, but it's not under the Moonbeam label, which is the full moon kids movie label, which I think is very strange. It's under full moon, but it's also under Shriekers. What the fuck is that? I have no idea, but that's that was the first production company I saw in the opening credits. But to be fair, we also watched a not very good rift of this movie because... No, 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 yes. We could not find this on our usual streaming platforms, and I believe it's because this was distributed by the Disney Channel, so they more than likely still own the rights to it and are therefore not letting it be streamed anywhere. They don't want you to know about this. We had to watch it on the Internet Archive. Yeah. And because we 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 do have the there was a full moon feature streaming service, which is not on there. This wasn't even on Tubi. Oh, Tubi. There's a lot of shit on Tubi. This wasn't even on Tubi. Well, I'm glad the Internet Archive came through for us because. Did you know did what? It, I don't know it, if I, I was going to say, did it come through for us? I mean, was this a good movie? I I don't even know if I could call this a movie. This felt like a very, very long episode of a TV show. Yeah. 100% it feels like a decom. It does feel like a decom, but it feels like a very bad decom. Well, have you ever... It, there was a old... Not old, but a Goosebumps movie... Back in the day, that was like, I forget, it was, I forget exactly what it was called. The Haunting Hour, don't think about it. 
Yes, exactly that. I was getting vibes of that. They've made a few Haunting Hour movies, and honestly, they're good because they actually star actors you know. Tobin Bell was in that one. Why didn't we watch that? (laughs) Because it's not made by Full Moon. I would have been weird because I watched that when I was a kid, and now that I know who Tobin Bell is... Yeah, but I mean, Tobin Bell's a wonderful person. He's an amazing actor. But sadly, we don't see him in this. I don't know any of these actors in here, and I think only one has gone on to do anything of real note. Yes, so I guess let's start with the production. Who is on here? We have um, Ashley Tesoro, Michael Maloda. All of these actors are probably just kids they had around and only only the girl went on to really do anything now the director did you look at all into the director uh i remember the direct i was talking about last time the director was one of the visual effects artists on lord of the rings yes but he was also apparently a voice in the brave little toaster huh who was he he was entertainment center It's been so long since I've seen The Brave Little Toaster. God, I'm old. Anyway. Gabe, this this movie made me feel old. In what ways? In the way that it's like, if this were on TV when I was a kid, like, I have no idea if this was re-ran at any point in the mid to late 90s when I was actively watching Disney Channel for their original movies. Because I don't remember this at all, but if this had been serialized, I would have eaten this shit up. Because I was a tiny tot who was interested in the spooky stuff, but was too terrified to actually delve into it. Right. Uh, like, let's, let's, you know what? Let's take a step back, reevaluate that question. Would this have been a good movie for you? If when you were the the age this was the age this would have been advertised towards at the age at, at the age of the intended audience, I would have loved it, but I also had terrible taste as a child as as most people do, yeah, yes, I would have eaten this up. I would have absolutely eaten this up and also probably would have been terrified, but there yeah. To be fair, the Crypt Keeper scared the absolute life out of me when I was five years old. Yeah. So do you want want to jump into it? Well, there's not really a good jumping point, considering I think this is our shortest opening credits yet, with only a full 60 seconds. So something I did notice in these opening credits is Charles Band's name is nowhere to be seen. We don't have Charles, but we do have his father, Albert, as a producer. We do have Albert, but... I think this is the first time we've ever had one of these movies that hasn't had based on an original idea by Charles Band. That is true. That is very true. This It feels like Charles was very hands-off with this, and I think that might have been to its benefit. Because, I mean, this was definitely geared towards a younger audience, and I think if Charles were to have any of his fingers in it, it would not have been geared towards such a young audience. Right. So I think... Considering he, I believe, is the one who tried to broker the deal with Disney, I think that's the extent of his involvement with this. And and around this time would have been, he might have this might have been adjacent with head of the family, which he was actively directing. 
So this could have been a scheduling thing as well. Possibly. But as as stated, this is our shortest opening credits yet at only about 60 seconds. 60 seconds exactly, even. But it's very standard for Full Moon with black background, with your text as credit roll, and generic Middle Eastern fantasy music. Yeah, it's weird Aladdin music. But then it begins on the Louisiana coast in 1737 with a bunch of pirates and some very bad mid-90s CG cannonballs. This is so weird. Where it, so these these pirates are like hauling this treasure chest up this beach with a boat in the background as cannonballs are soaring at them, but they are CGI cannonballs and not a single one of them not a single one of these pirates is reacting to the cannonballs. Except for one, who's absolutely shit faced scared out of his mind. Right. But also also the ship itself is CG as well. Yeah, yeah. But as they're hauling this treasure chest up the up the beach, we do get the biggest laugh in this movie, for me at least, which is when the the one guy is hit by the cannonball and he just turns into a turns into a G-Mod ragdoll who goes across the beach. That was I had to pause the movie, I was laughing so hard. It was so bad. It was very poorly done, but it was very funny. And they just leave him there. They just leave him oh, there. Oh, yeah, no. They leave him there it's and... Surprisingly little physical damage for getting hit by a cannonball. Oh, yeah. Right in the square of the back. It's like, that would have straight up broken him in half. If not gone through him. Uh, with the velocity of a cannonball and it's much more AV. Is that what we're getting into? It's it's much more meant for breaking bones, not for breaking skin. So his back would have been completely shattered, and you probably would have had a few bones puncturing through the skin, but the cannonball itself would not have gone through him. I just laughed at the funny CGI. I mean, we didn't <laughs> need to go through all that. I mean, you have seen the videos of the men who have been shot straight in the gut with a cannonball. You're right. No, you're right. Yeah. Anyway, they, they're they hauling this treasure chest into a big cave and pass around the biggest wineskin I've ever seen. I must have missed that. It's like, it's like an old woman's purse. It's amazing. <laughs> well, Captain here is hiding his treasure and straight up shoots the other dudes. Just like, yeah, I'm going to leave y'all here to guard this shit. Blows up the entrance and just goes to sit on the beach. And this is the last we see of these pirates. He goes to sit on the beach until he dies of starvation. Pretty metal. Not gonna lie. But then we get a pan out. As we realize this is a child presenting a lecture or a report in their history class. Based on information they got from a ghost. Yes, this was a story being told by our main female lead, Amanda, for an oral report for history class. And her teacher straight up calls her out like, what are your source materials? And she's like, I got it from a Ouija board. Did they get the rights for Ouija? Um, I'm going to guess they didn't and just didn't care. I mean, to be fair... Most everyone calls it a Ouija board. It's like how people use the term Kleenex for a tissue. Or or band-aids for um 
for adhesive bandages. It's yeah, one of those it... things where the brand name has become synonymous with the product itself. Yeah, well, I don't think any of the Conjuring movies use the word Ouija, because fuck if they're going to pay for that. <laughs> yeah, well, there's already a couple of Ouija movies. But um, as as Amanda's defending her oral report, and ends up getting an incomplete because she has to rewrite that shit, because I don't blame her teacher. No, yeah, the teacher's super reasonable, where it's like, okay, cool, but the task was to write a history report. Yes. And that's not what that is. And then we also have our stereotypical nerdy non-white kid who uses real big words and gets bullied for it. What did he say? He said that history is written by the losers? No, he said history is written by the winners. And therefore history is bunk. Because if it were written from a loser's perspective, it would seem much, much different. Which is essentially correct, because he was apparently quoting Henry Ford. But we also don't have much... We don't care much for Henry Ford. Ew. Yeah, but they're discussing that. So I don't know these kids' names. I just call them boy, girl, nerd, and bully. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Their names are definitely only given in passing. Only one kid introduces himself. And then we don't find out the bully's name until like halfway through the movie. Fair enough. Here we have Amanda, our main female lead. Freddy, who is the nerdy non-white boy. Russell, who is the stereotypical male lead who is obviously crushing on the girl. And Marvin, who is our bully. Which I don't blame him for being a bully with a name like Marvin. So Marvin and... Fuck, I've already forgotten. Marvin and nerd... Freddy. Are... Freddy. Marvin and Freddy are discussing after class... Where Marvin is just like, I like short words. You talk too much, smart man. I'm gonna show you strong guys aren't losers. And I was like, that's not the point he was making. But then Freddy does a roundhouse kick and smashes Marvin's fingers into the locker. And I, I if I were a kid, I would have eaten that up. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. That's like... Yeah, go, you little nerdy kid. You show that bully who's boss. Yeah, I'll totally do that to my bullies. <laughs> and then you co- and then you get your ass kicked the very next day. Yeah, that's about what happened. Or at least, if not your ass kicked, then your heart crushed. And we cut... There's a bit of a chase going on, but then we cut to girl and boy. Russell and Amanda. Russell and Amanda. Amanda's a... Amanda's this weird hippie spiritual spiritualist girl she was really super weird but not in a way that i want to i would like to say that she acts in a way that no kid would but she's so weird and i know kids are just such weird creatures and they lean into it they lean into the weirdness to try and make themselves seem interesting especially at that age she has a, a crystal from atlantis so she claims which just reminded me of Disney's Atlantis and how I wanted to go watch Disney's Atlantis. Yes. Well, as Russell and Amanda are talking about 
oh, she's a spiritualist. Oh, she channeled a ghost and got seven words out of the Ouija board and she filled in the rest of the blanks. Oh, my grandpa got this crystal from a woman in Italy who claims to be a descendant of the Atlanteans. And Russell drops the necklace down the sewer. Oh, no, no, no. You, you, you miss because the bully and Fred run by and knock her over, which is how she gets her necklace dropped in the first place. And we do get the one line that made me very, that I found genuinely funny, which was um, Marvin the bully, he gets tripped by um, Russell. Mm -hmm. And Marvin gets up and is like, that was a mistake. And Russell's like, no, I did it on purpose. And I'm like, that's okay. That's a good joke. That's a good joke. You get it, one movie. You get it, one. It's it's very quippy. This movie is very quippy. But no, the the necklace fall, falls off. It is sitting like on the edge of a storm drain. And Russell picks it up and then just throws it to catch it in the air, but doesn't. And it just goes in the storm drain. I'm like, what fucking 90s kid? What did you do? To be fair, I've done something similar in that except it was in the opposite direction when i was a kid i used to play with balloons and so i would tug them down let go of the string and try to grab the string again as it floats up i uh i missed the string once and the balloon floated away so i've done this exact same thing except in the opposite direction so yeah, that brings up do you want let's let, we're gonna go into a bit of gabe lore which is i don't know if i ever told you this story where, do you remember there were, like, these nylon disc balloons that you could throw, and they were, like, frisbees? Yes, but, the, yeah, because they had to be full of helium. Right. Because they would, they were almost like UFOs, like hover discs. Yes, and the specific one I had was, it was a UFO. It had a little green alien in it. It was, you know, and it, I took it outside and it flew off, flew off, <laughs> flew away, flew into the atmosphere. But my dumb little kid brain was like, oh no, that's going to float all the way to space and the real aliens are going to see it and see how we depict them and get real <laughs> mad at us and come and come and kill me. <laughs> you suspect you specifically. Yes, which led to a not insignificant fear of aliens for the rest of my for the rest of my childhood. Oh gosh. Anyway, they go into the sewer, which is way cleaner than it should be. But of course, this at, is a movie se sewer. It was at this point I realized, oh, this is Discount Goonies. I don't know why this part in particular reminded me of that, but that's what this is. Is it Goonies if they're not actively searching for a treasure? And also, there's only four of them, and they all suck. I didn't say this was good Goonies. I said there's discount Goonies. Eh, fair enough. Well, pirates, treasure, going around. Eh, it's the, pi Goonies. the pirates only mentioned once. I think that they only mentioned the pirates just for the Goonies connection. Probably. Just for to be like, oh, it's Goonies. Probably. You're probably right on that front. Um, but they go into the sewers, 
and they just kind of apparently they got down into a manhole which i don't know if you know those things are heavy as fuck i don't know how they got it in they're heavy and also like the the sewers would not look like that it looks like the sewers from a D game yeah yeah but to be fair movie sewers never look great yeah these uh, are movie sewers Apparently they had to walk three blocks to get back to where they they dropped the necklace. But yeah, as, right. How did as, they know where they were going? As they get back to it, they fall through the floor of the sewer tunnel into the cavern where the pirates had tucked away his treasure, which makes no sense as to where it was because they buried it near the coastline. So how the fuck did it end up there? I'm pretty sure that little area they were at was pretty landlocked. Yeah, they're not like in New Orleans. They just say Louisiana. Yeah, it's like Louisiana coast. But, like, if you looked at the surroundings in earlier scenes, it's like, it's pretty obvious that there's not a lot of water nearby, especially not the ocean. Do you think this is connected to Netherworld? No. (laughs) Okay, fine. No. I don't even want to think about Netherworld anymore. But no, they find skeletons, and the girl freaks the fuck out. And the guy's just like, oh, chill out, it's just a bunch of skeletons. So are those the skeletons of the pirates that were killed? Is that the implication? Yes. Okay. And then they find a big old chest full of treasure, and the girl starts talking about the laws of the universe? Yeah, she thinks she's connected to the psychic energy of the universe. She's like... I imagined it because we were meant to be here. The second law of the universe, everything happens for a reason. Like, what? And then Russell is a rich little prick who's going to grow up throwing his money at every problem that comes his way. Yeah, there is an actual rational discussion here where the girl's like, oh, so we're just going to take it all out? And he's like, no, we're just going to get a coin, bring it out. And she's like, dude, we're miners. They're not going to let us have this. He's like, oh, they'll, I mean, throw enough money at it, they'll let us have it. Yeah, I'll take it to my dad's lawyer, and he can tell us the laws about it, and if and if there are any, he can find the loopholes that'll let us get away with it. Sure, I guess. Yeah. But then they find a bottle. Yes, they find this weird, gigantic bottle that's roughly half the size of them, with... A very weird bottle stopper on top of it. Yeah. And it's covered in skulls. It's like locked. And the girl is like, open it, open it, open it. And the again, uh, Russell is very, very rational. Is like, no, what is... Th- I'd have no idea. This is f- ancient Arabic rat poison. Who knows what's in here? And he also cuts his finger on one of the prongs. He does. But... The bottle then opens on its own and turns bad CGI and runs away saying, May Allah have mercy on your souls. This bottle stopper is such a racist depiction. That's when I knew this movie was going to be something special. <laughs> it's not great. I did One of the intros I didn't suggest was where if we didn't um, create CGI racist tinker toys... Which is what this is. It's very... It's like a little head on four little steampunk legs. Yeah. It's weird. Yes. It It is at this point 
that it just it very much got me feeling like a decom. It's got the music style and everything, the weird plot that wasn't even much of a plot to begin with. And well, Amanda and Russell have been unleashing a demon as a giant ugly-faced tornado emerges from the bottle. This Freddy kid has still been running from his bully. Right. He's been running this whole time. Oh yeah, yeah. So let's not gloss over this. They open the bottle and a fucking tornado with a skull face comes out. But first of all, it's a big blue mist that comes out of here and she's all on like, this is a genie, let's get a genie. And I'm like, God damn it, I want Robin Williams to come out of this bottle right now. That would be, I just want that to be just one weird thing he was in during his life. That would have been amazing. That would have been very, very strange. I also, I expected this to be a gin. But I was also like, that deal, that delves way too much into Wishmaster. But I, I very much expected this demon to be a gin of sorts. Like, a bad genie. Because that's what it made it look like. That was the implication. But no, as, as this demon has been unleashed, they all somehow end up in an abandoned hotel. Yeah, that just kind of happens. Yeah, okay, apparently the sewers and this cavern lead to an abandoned hotel, which is where the rest of this movie is going to take place. It was at this point I made the call in my notes of uh, this movie is going to be 50% running from a monster. Yes. This movie is mostly Scooby-Doo chasing. Yes. Now, we do get a look at the monster now, right? Yes. The demon from this bottle is huge and ugly, but at least he's is it practical. A dude in a suit? It's a dude in a suit. It is a dude in a suit, but at least it is practical. I will you, what do you think? What do you think of it? I would take a dude in a suit over a CGI monster any day, but I will say he also looks better than the weird demon Egyptian skull thing from the from Puppet Masters four and five. Oh yeah, no yeah, he looks he well the, the I think that one of the benefits from for this monster in particular is they shoot it a lot in the dark. Where yes. it's a lot harder to see all the seams and all the plasticky outsides. So, of all the problems with this movie, the monster is not one of them. Yeah. For what it is, it's serviceable. It is serviceable being a monster from a full moon decom. Yeah. Oh, and we should say that, Mar- that uh, Marvin the Bully is being super racist. Oh, yeah. No, Marvin's very, very racist. But we also find that that's a learned thing. I guess. We do very much find that it's a learned thing. Um, But also the bully, Marvin tries the elevator and it works for some reason because apparently the electricity is still running. There is electricity here. Don't worry about it. It's fine. There's electricity running. And the elevator works, but Russell is trying to use the phone and failing because landlines apparently don't run on electricity. Well, you know what? I'm not even going to pretend like I know how landlines work, so... In in the words of Freddy, phone power, I don't know. That's, yeah, yeah, that's a good line. 
Yes. Oh, and then there's a ghost force field. Yeah, they're not able to leave because there's this weird force field being admitted by the demon. We're also 30 minutes in, and at this point I was like, what's... I I don't remember. What's the plot of this movie? Like they're, I, I, they're, I did write down, wasn't there pirates at some point? Yeah, we were 30 minutes in at this point, and I was like, I I forgot what this movie was about. Was this movie about anything? I didn't see a plot. Right. But also, apparently, the demon is strong enough to pull elevators up by the cables with someone in it. That's pretty sick, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, because while... So, Russell had taken a coin from the treasure vault and dropped it in the hotel, at which point Marvin had picked it up. They had all ended up splitting up with... Marvin going off in his own direction to the elevator and Russell, Amanda, and Freddy going back to where they had found the treasure in the first place. Right. Where they find the little cork creature, I guess. No, first off, first off, Freddy finds the bottle and it turns out he knows all about what this fucking demon is. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes, yes. Freddy is our exposition dump because he calls it an ifrit. And he's like, there was a little bottle stopper on here that looked like a head, right? Yeah. So, because apparently his grandmother had told him about this story. Now, did you look up ifrit I just know this? I just know ifrit from Final Fantasy. Yeah, I did look it up. From what I can tell, you know, glancing at Wikipedia, so ibid... But when I was looking at it, Ifrit are are effectively Islamic demons, mm-hmm. but they're more neutral, I suppose. They're more or less acting out God's will rather than punishing sinners or anything like that. Okay. Or, or actively evil. So what I'm saying is this this movie gets them wrong. Of course, in case, you need, in case you needed that clarification. They just needed a fancy Middle Eastern name to call it. I don't understand why they just didn't do gin. I don't either. I mean, it would have worked just the same way, but they probably didn't want to deal with wishes and the terrible results of them. Yeah, but then I the guess. stopper shows back up and calls the kids infidels. I, yeah, that was rough. That was that was a rough one. This just stopper came out of nowhere, is... Didn't it? This stopper is such a racist caricature. But also, we find out apparently the Ifrit runs on leprechaun rules. It does run on leprechaun rules. That it's where it is specifically pursuing the treasure it was set up to protect. Yes. And since Marvin's the one with the coin, it's only going after Marvin. Yes. As they are going to search for Marvin to put the coin back, they just happen upon the kitchen. There are a bunch of dead, bloody bodies. Okay, yes. This is the point where it go where where we get full moon. Where this did this full, come full from? Moon. So there was a hobo that that Marvin interacted with that just got killed by the Ifrit. There were multiple bodies in there. Yeah, I don't know. I did not even remember the I did not remember the hobo. They Marvin runs into a hobo because it is blinking. You'll miss it. It's a very small scene, but for some reason, for some unknown reason, 
they decided to have a single shot of a room full of dead of like body parts and blood in their decom. There were like a, there were three dead bodies that I saw. Two or three. It, it was it was exceptional. I that that took me back and woke me up. I was like, where in the world did that come from? Okay, the plot is still going. Okay. I wonder how they showed that on TV. I wouldn't be surprised if they just cut it cut it. And like they look in there and they they're like all freaked out, but they don't actually show it. Which is funny because I'm pretty sure the rip that we watched was and was pulled from the television because it looked like it had cuts for commercials. It did. It was. Mm. It looked like it had cuts for commercials, so I'm pretty sure it was a TV rip. And I'm just like, how did this air? How did this air on Disney Channel? Here's the thing. No one gave a fuck. It was the 90s. Yeah. Well, as they're reeling from the kitchen scene, the movie ends up, of course, turning into one long chase scene. The CG bottle stopper is racist as shit. We should say that they they captured the bottle stopper. Now it is inside of a pail. Yeah. And they just shake it to annoy him. He's being racist. They're running around. They're climbing up scaffolding. The Ifrit got the coin back and has toddled off back to the treasure room. They think it's over. We've still got about 20 minutes left. And of course, Amanda and Russell lean in to kiss and the stopper shows up and puts a little damper on their moment, saying that the Ifrit is on its way back to kill them. Why does it do this? I forget. I guess because, like, he was like, okay, he got the treasure back, and now he's going to punish you for transgressing in the first place. Yeah, it's just, he's just doing some mocking. Yes. And I think that he does state that the Ifrit... The physical form is indestructible so long as the weird tornado form exists. Is that, is that, am I reading that correct? No. So first off, what happens is they decide to torture the stopper for information by sticking its head in a table clamp. Oh yeah, that's right. That was pretty good. Yes. Apparently the demon is only vulnerable when it's in its whirlwind form. Which makes no sense. You would think that would be the invulnerable form, not the physical one. Casey, it's a kid's movie. Don't worry about it. I know, but it just seems very opposite what would be intuitive. It's like, if it's got a physical form, it can be killed. If it's a whirlwind, how the fuck do you deal with a whirlwind? I'll tell you how you deal with a whirlwind, Casey. (laughs) Vacuum cleaner. You go Luigi's Mansion on this shit. You just go full Luigi's Mansion. I don't know what to tell you, Casey. That... (laughs) Is what happens in the movie. But first, it zaps Amanda away because as it's it it comes through in its whirlwind form and Amanda ends up getting sucked into the whirlwind and twisted around and then zapped away. This was another moment of cackling for me because she just turns into a CGI character and starts spinning around and it's it's funny. I, I will say it didn't look that bad. It didn't look terrible. It didn't look terrible, but it looked janky enough that it was it looked like a source engine fucking up. Yeah. Obviously the demon is trying to get out of the vacuum and they stick it in a comically oversized safe. 
but it turns out they're still not able to leave. The demon's barrier is still up. And they also didn't even try to figure out a way to get Amanda back. They just presumed she was dead. Yeah, I guess she's dead. She's yep. not dead. Because Amanda's dead now. Well, because the 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 cork it comes out and is like, no, she there's still a way to save her. I will help you now because I I I, I res- you put things right and I respect you. Your I guess ability. I guess you're not trying to get after the treasure. Yada yada. But this is also after Freddy has revealed his full name to them. And be like, yeah, my name is this super long, uh, obviously Middle Eastern name, but I decide to go by Freddy. Long Middle, long middle Eastern name. That's the joke. Woo. Oh, God. Yes. I hate it. Yeah. The bottle stopper has a change of heart. And he's like, yes, there's a ritual here to perform to trap the demon again. And Freddy's the one who's got to do it, because he's the only one who hasn't touched the treasure. Right. Oh, and let's not skip over. Uh, the the bottle stopper's like, oh, uh, she she is not dead. She is simply being held as a slave by the Ifrit. And we cut to her in a vortex of, like, blood and darkness, screaming. And it's like, oh my god, she's in hell. She's in the bottle. I know she's in the bottle, but it looks like hell. It does look like hell. But she is actually in the bottle because... You can see Russell's eye peering in at her, but he's, of course, he can't see shit. And as they're, they've got the ritual set up, Freddy's been given the magic words by the bottle stopper as they're preparing for the demon to escape from the, from the safe. And it just straight up grabs Freddy and chomps down on him. That was a, that was a cheer moment for me. It's like, yeah, kill the child. <laughs> this isn't it. This isn't Stephen King. Uh, but no, he is not dead because apparently, which is this is real convenient. Freddy is the direct descendant of the people who that treasure belongs to, and by the Ifrit attacking him. Ifrit breaks its own rules, saying that it cannot harm those. It, it cannot harm its master. Yes. Freddy is the ancestor of the guy who created the Ifrit bottle, rightful heir to the treasure, and apparently Freddy was basically yelling at it, "Bite me!" Uh, that is okay. That's another fun part where that the, was where that the was bottle, a fu- that was a funny little bit where the bottle is basically like. Yeah, no, I just needed you to be attacked by the Ifrit because I knew you were going to be fine. Uh, the, what the, about all this magic words and these all these things you had me put out? Nah, that was just nonsense. I was just fucking with you. And what about the words? I guess roughly translated, you were saying, bite me? Which <laughs> is a weird you know little what? twist. You know what? That's It's very convenient, but I like it. Yeah. And Marvin is now a friend, apparently. Amanda has returned as the Ifrit has returned to his bottle. Um, and Freddy intends to split the treasure four ways. Because he's, he's a good little dude. Yep. And the bottle is like, I am your friend now. And I'm like, okay, I guess. And he dispels the barrier that was keeping them in the hotel. 
And one of the pirates is brought back as a moving guy to help Freddy move the trunk. Oh, I didn't even realize that was one of the pirates. It was one of the pirates. Because it's it's called the Buccaneer Moving Company. You know what? Sure. Fine. Also, I noticed that the, uh, the safe that the demon had been stuck in was from a brand called C. Rook and Sons. Crook. Okay, that's... Okay. Sure. Fine. Badoom tish. Yeah. As Freddy gets to dealing with the trunk, Amanda and Russell are like, thank you so much for your help, Bottle Stopper. What can we do to repay you? He apparently just wants Amanda's crystal? Crystals are a great source of energy, he says, and confirms Amanda's thing about the Atlanteans using them. And then they all leave the hotel and lived millions of dollars richer. And that's the end of the movie. So, Casey. Yes. Do you want to hear a user view on the, from this movie? Yes. Rated 10 out of 10. Oh, I saw this review. I know Mind what you're talking about. blown. I got this movie when I was a kid. Since then, I have watched this movie around a hundred times by now. A great story with great acting. It is the kind of movie that makes you want to watch it again and again. And oh boy, as a kid, was it scary. If I have to make a list of my top ten favorite movies of all time, this movie will be among that list. Casey, do you share this man's sentiments? No, and I think he might need to be checked into an institute. I think that was written by Charles Band. <laughs> Possibly. Uh, yeah, no. Would you recommend this movie to anyone? If I were of the age of the targeted audience, I probably would. But to be fair, like I said, I had terrible taste as a kid. And I would have liked this as a child. Yeah. But, but as a 31-year-old woman... I don't think I would recommend this to anyone. Yeah, I was thinking about this in context of other similar children's horror media, right? You came up, you you, you brought one up earlier, the one that I was specifically thinking of, which was The Haunting Hour, Don't Think About It. Yes, and which, that you, is, which you thought about it. Right, I thought about it, <laughs> but it was that it was one of those movies I was thinking of that was directly related to this, where there's so much better children's horror media especially today i wouldn't even call this horror i would call this as you even stated this is like this is budget goonies i wouldn't even call this horror i'd call this like action comedy if that at all but there is definitely better ways to introduce kids to horror at a younger age like Courage the Cowardly Dog was a great addition. Are You Afraid of the Dark absolutely scared the life out of me as a kid. Watch the the modern Goosebumps series. The modern Goosebumps series is actually very good. Like the one with Justin Long on Hulu. It was actually quite good. There's a lot of good horror movie or horror media for kids. And whether or not this could be classified as such, that is clearly what it's trying to be. Yeah, and even then, Disney Channel has put out horror movies for younger audiences. Like, while this may have been intended to start off a series of digital, uh, Disney original movies 
as partnered with Full Moon. Disney Channel also released the Halloween Town movies. They released Under Wraps. They put out Don't Look Under the Bed. They had a slew of horror-adjacent media for younger audiences. Yeah, I, I would say that the best part about this movie was the fact that it started us down a conversation about other good children's horror media. Yes. Like, I, I've i got a slew of things that I recommend to younger kids who are wanting to get into horror, or even adults who want to watch more horror but can't deal with certain things. Right. And this is not something I would add onto the list. Although I will say, at least the music, the score was... The score was okay, and it was consistent. So, here's here's the next question. We're not gonna. I'm not gonna consider the Ifrit as the monster, since these are. What do you want these four kids to go investigating next from the Full Moon catalog? What hmm. kind of hijinks are they gonna get up into? Well, hmm, that's a tough one. Cause my first instinct is to say demonic toys. Because it's something else demon-related, and there's, like, four main toys and four kids, so they could each have, like, a one-on-one. But given the premise of demonic toys, and the reasoning behind the toys being demonic, that might be a little too mature. But then I also lean towards Puppet Master, and I was like, that's also a bit too much. So I think I'm gonna say demonic toys. I'm saying netherworld. You I'm just are you ever gonna give up Netherworld? No, I think it's great. Also, why why would these kids end up in a bird brothel? Because it would be because they're both in Louisiana. <laughs> just these they go. kids are eleven and twelve. Well, they find these weird people, an old bijou with his fucking knife. It was great. Oh God. Anyway, Casey, what uh, what what's next? Uh, next time, we return to the Wild Wild Space West with Oblivion 2 Backlash. Hooray! I, I, I don't... I liked Oblivion. Oblivion I, was fun, but I'll be at way too long. Oblivion was fun. Too long. I guarantee the mo- the sequel is going to be trash. Oh, probably, but it does have most of its cast coming back. I can only hope that it's at least on the same level but that is for another time um until then hey guys if you see a weird bottle with a weird like demon face on it don't open it just don't open it just just leave that be unless it's crystal head vodka and that at that point point go and buy that because it's made by dan Aykroyd. Not that it's good, but because it's made by Dan Aykroyd, sure. Uh, And everyone have an absolutely horrible evening. Bye.